morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm so glad to see you all. How are you doing this morning? Talk to me in the comments. I'm so glad you decided to join us this morning. My name is Pastor Alicia. Welcome to Excel Church. So if this is your first time joining us, please know we talk. We talk to each other. Uh, we chat in the comments and we share how the Word of God is working in our hearts. So if you are joining us from a smartphone, a laptop, a tablet device, please feel free to chat in the comments. Now, we've been in a sermon series and it's hard to believe that we're already at week four. But the sermon series is entitled, Win the Day. Somebody say, Win the Day. And I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but me personally, I have been tremendously blessed through this series. Just some things that we have been learning and things that because I'm learning, I'm careful to apply is making a tremendous difference in my life. Can I get any other witnesses this morning about the power of the word of God broken down simply in a way that we understand it and can apply it and how it has made a difference in your life. So if you're looking for that this morning, you have come to the right place. We are in the sermon series entitled Win the Day. And today we're going to be talking about fly the kite. Somebody go ahead and say that with me. Fly the kite. And the concept today that we are going to discover, we've talked about it a little bit, but we're going to hone in on it today. I firmly believe this, and I want you to type this in the comments or write this in your notes if you're a note taker. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. Somebody tweet that. Somebody put that down in their comments. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. The scripture we're going to be coming out of today is from the book of Zechariah, chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 6 through 10. But I want to share with you some interesting information I found as our introduction. On November 9th, 1847, a civil engineer named Charles Ellett Jr. was commissioned to build a bridge across the Niagara Gorge. The question, of course, was when and where and how do you get the first cable across an 825 foot chasm with 225 foot cliffs on either side? Enter Theodore Graves Hollett, a local iron maker who suggested, get this, a kite flying contest. No kidding. It was a 15-year-old boy named Homan Walsh who won the $10 cash prize for flying the first kite across the chasm. The day after that flight, a stronger line was attached to that kite string, then a rope, then a cable consisting of 36 strands of 10 gauge wire. It would become the world's first 
railway, suspension bridge, strong enough to support a 170-ton locomotive. It all started with one kite string, and it always does. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Somebody go ahead and say that. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. If you do little things like they're big things, God will do big things like they're little things. This is a testament of the power of the God that we serve. The frustration that we get in trying to do the things that we feel are too big for us to do and the realignment that we are experiencing as we are going through this sermon series together that we just need to do the little things like they're big things. And God will do those big things like they're little things. Anybody can testify to that this morning? If you have a Bible, you can start to go over here into Zechariah chapter 4, meet me there. We're going to unpack habit number four, fly the kite. Habit number four, fly the kite. Let me shoot straight. I know people who say they'll give more when they make more. Listen, I love you, but I'm not buying what you're selling. If you aren't generous with a little time, a little talent, a little treasure, you won't be generous with a lot. Generosity always starts right here, right now. I remember when I learned that Pastor Charles and I, we were um, a young newlywed couple and we didn't have much at all. And I will remember distinctly one time where um, there was in the house that we lived and the street that we lived, there was a gentleman who used to walk up and down the street and ask if he could cut grass for money. And we were very low on money. And um, that was something we would normally do ourselves. But because of the generosity in my husband's heart, he, um, he gave him money to cut the grass. And I remember... I remember so distinctly how I was so upset because I knew what our financial situation was and I knew how much we needed that money. Um, and as I began to allow God to begin to show me early on in our marriage that that generosity, that desire to give, even when we didn't have much to give, was a tipping point where God was able to look at what we did with little and then trust us to have more. Don't make that mistake of thinking that in order to do great things, you have to have great resources. You have to have much. Begin to do what you can with whatever it is you have and trust that as you do that and God sees your faithfulness over few, that will, he will enlarge you and make you ruler over more. Um, I remember another example that just God is just pouring into my mind. Of course, we have biblical examples. And I love giving contemporary examples as well because it helps us to know that God is still working. And these principles still work in our life even now. 
Uh, but I remember when we started our um, nonprofit organization and we did a lot of um, community service and charity work and I had my mom's baker rack. Um, you guys know what a baker's rack is, right? It was a baker's rack that she kept in her kitchen, which we lived in an apartment. So, you know, it wasn't that big of a baker's rack. And I had asked the members of the church if they could bring us some canned goods and donate some things that they had at their home. And we did that and added some things that we were able to get ourselves at the dollar store. And we have very, very humble beginnings as it pertained to our desire to serve the community and to give out food to those who are in need. And then I remember we applied for um, uh, uh, membership into a food bank so that we could do more. But again, not waiting, not saying I'm not going to do anything because I don't have a lot, but just taking what we had and saying, okay, if, if this is all we can work with, I want to start here now with this because I have a desire to give. And out of that, God multiplied it. When they came, it was so humorous to her. She said, you know, where are you going to, um, you know, if we're partnering with you and we're going to bring you pallets of food, like where are you going to place it? And I showed her our little baker's rack. And she she, she, she was a little dumbfounded, like, oh, no, 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 we, we're going to, it's going to be much more food than this. Where would you keep that? And I was able to lead her to a closet with some shelves that coincidentally, obviously not coincidentally, but not too long before then, someone who was moving out of that complex left all of their uh, shelves out in the, the parking lot. And Pastor Charles and I were like, oh, I don't know what we're going to use these for, but these, these are good shelves. These are in good condition. Let's, let's grab these. And we took those shelves... And God was able to take that small, small baker's rack and our heart and those shelves that were abandoned and turn that into a uh, food distribution center that many of you know of, many of you were blessed by, and that God was able to do mighty works through for many years. So what's my point? Generosity always starts right here, right now. And if you're one of those people who will say that, you know, you'll serve when you have more time. Yeah, no, you, you don't find time. You make time. Or if you're one of those people who says that, you know, I'll step up when the big opportunity presents itself. I beg to differ. Not if you're not seizing the small opportunities that are all around you all the time. Here's the bottom line and the big idea. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. Say that with me again. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. So if you're faithful with a little, you will be faithful with a lot. So go ahead and dream big. I hope you caught that. I hope you caught that. If you don't catch anything else this morning, I hope you caught that, that if you're faithful with a little, you will be faithful with a lot. And the converse is true as well. So go ahead and dream big. Go ahead and maximize what you have now. 
and watch God give the increase. Show me the size of your dream and I'll show you the size of your God. Go ahead. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. But you can't just dream big. You have to be willing to start small and think long. I think that's one of our issues. We dream big, but until we see big, we're just like, well, you know, got to start small. You got to be willing to do that. You got to be willing to, as we say, start from scratch, build from the ground up. That, my friends, is what flying the kite is all about. A single kite string can eventually become a bridge that connects two countries. All right, you should be in Zechariah chapter four by now. Let's look at verse six. Let me set the scene first. Uh, Zerubbabel is the leader of the remnant that returned to Judah with, as we've been talking about, a God-sized vision. Rebuild the temple that Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed in 586 BC. Half a century later, the Lord says to Zerubbabel, as Zerubbabel looks at the ruins, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, y'all know I kind of came up Pentecostal. So right here, I just really want to stop and just kind of like run around the church. And since we're not in the church, like just run around my office, because <laughs> that's a whole word that'll preach all by itself. Somebody go ahead and type that. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. All right, let me break this down because some of y'all are trying to figure out why I'm so excited about this scripture, but it's a whole word. Let me break it down. Let me go with this first. Without the Holy Spirit, I am below average. Anything that you see that you think is impressive, without the Holy Spirit, imagine that disappearing. Anybody else? Anybody else willing to say that without the Holy Spirit, you're at a different place than you would are right now? Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be able to do what you're doing. Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be able to walk. You wouldn't even be able to hold your head up right now because of the depths of the attacks that you face, because of the complexity of the assignment on your life because of the, the, the daily struggles that you go through, if it hadn't been for the Lord on your side, that you don't know where you would be. See, I, I, I don't know if that's your testimony, but I can say with all assuredness, without the Holy Spirit, the person you see before you today would not be standing here doing this at such time as this. But God doesn't call the qualified. See, that's what I need us to remember. That's why we not only hear and read the scripture, but we apply it so that we can recognize how what God is saying applies to our life. He does not call the qualified. He qualifies 
the call. Somebody say that God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. And the good news is this. With the help of the Holy Spirit, you can do anything. With the help of the Holy Spirit. Why? Somebody say the Holy Spirit is the X factor. The Holy Spirit is the difference. It's the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do. Let me let you in on a little secret. God wants to do things in you and through you that are beyond your ability, beyond your resources, beyond your imagination. Have you ever got that sense that you were being, as we say, stretched, that God was asking something of you and you're thinking to yourself, are you out of your mind? I can't do that. And the truth is you can't do that. But the Holy Spirit working through you, it becomes possible. And why? 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 Why not just go get somebody more qualified? Why not just go get somebody that has more abilities? Why not go get somebody that has more resources? Why not get somebody else? So that he can get the glory. He gets the glory by his spirit. He gets the glory when he does the unbelievable and the impossible through ordinary people who submit and say, God, have your way in my life. Use me. Use me. Take regular old me. Take rusty old me. And breathe your spirit. When God breathes his spirit upon us and works in us and through us by the power of the Holy Spirit, he gets the glory. We don't get to take the credit because we don't get to say, well, you know, I am kind of smart. I mean, of course I pulled that off. We don't get to toot our own horns. We don't get to get the glory. When God does it and it's beyond what we would have been able to do in our own strength. He gets the glory. What are you, my mighty mountain? There comes a moment when you stop talking to God about your mountains and you start talking to the mountains about your God. Did you get that? There comes a moment when you stop talking to God about all of your problems. You stop coming to God about all the situations that just have got you down and that you start talking to those mountains. You start talking to those problems. You start talking to those situations about your God and you begin to let those situations know that there is nothing too hard for my God. Watch him move you out the way. Watch him rebalance the playing field. Watch my God who is all powerful and who is almighty do something that is going to blow your mind. That's one way that we flip the script. That was habit number one. You declare his power, his grace, his peace, his love, his glory. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. His goodness, his mercy, his healing. You declare that. You don't deny the obstacle 
or the odds, but you confront the brutal facts and you do it with unwavering faith. That's not too hard for my God. Thank you so much for that diagnosis, but that's not too hard for my God. Thank you so much for presenting me with the information, but stand back and watch my God move in a way that only he can move so that he can get the glory. Do I have any witnesses this morning? Come on, begin to testify in the comments. Do I have any witnesses of the power of our God? You exercise your authority as a child of God, as a follower of Christ, as a citizen of this thing called the kingdom of God. Every prayer has to meet a twofold litmus test. It has to be in the will of God and for the glory of God. Did you catch that? Every prayer has to meet a twofold litmus test. It has to be in the will of God and for the glory of God. Somebody say, let's give him the glory. If it's not, it's a non-starter. But if it is, somebody say, look out. <laughs> oh, glory. If it is, look out. Look out. If the prayer that we're putting forth, if it's in the will of God and it will bring him glory, somebody better watch out. Somebody better, you better get ready to see God move. I have no idea what mountain is staring you in the face this morning. The mountain of anxiety, waiting on an important decision. Maybe the mountain of addiction that you've been trying to overcome in your own strength and just can't seem to break it. Or maybe it's the mountain of anger where people know you on the outside one way, but they just haven't seen you get triggered because when you get triggered, you become a person that even you don't recognize. Or maybe it's the mountain of injustice that has up just outraged you so that it's, it's become such a burden to you that your outlook has changed on life. Or maybe it's the mountain of unforgiveness. Things that have been done to you that you should have never had to go through. Things you should have never had to experience. And yet you can't let go of those things so they continue to haunt you and they continue to keep you down. Maybe it's the mountain of depression. Maybe there's something that's going on that has just begun to plague your mind. And there's a battlefield that's a battle that's taking place in the battlefield of your mind. Maybe it's frustration because you've been working at something so long and it hasn't manifested yet. Or maybe it's just fear. False evidence appearing to you to be real. It might even be a mountain range. That is when and where I fall back on what I know for sure. He is still the God who makes sidewalks through the sea. Ha, huh, glory. Did you, did you catch that? He is still the God who makes sidewalks. Dry sidewalks through the sea. He is still the God who makes the sun stand still. He is the God who turns water into wine. He is still the God who moves 
mountains. Hallelujah. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Testimony is prophecy. Testimony is prophecy. What does that mean? Pretty simple. If God did it before, he can do it again. Hallelujah. See, when I testify about what God did in my life, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. If he did it in the book of old, if he did it in the Old Testament, if he did it in the New Testament, if he did it in this living testament that we are experiencing right now, if he did it for your sister, if he did it for your brother, he can do it for you. Why? He is the same yesterday. Come on, somebody. Today and forever. He's the same God. Hallelujah. So he can do it again. Somebody say he can do it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. He can do it again. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. Hallelujah. It will become a level plain before him. Oh, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. You've got several habits in this one passage. You flip the script, that was habit one, by speaking to that mountain. You play offense by exercising your authority. You declare the will of God, the glory of God, and you've also got habit number two. You kiss the wave. The obstacle is not the enemy. The obstacle is the way, all right? You don't go around that mountain. By faith, God will get you to the other side and you'll be a bigger person, a better person because of it. You have the authority to move the mountain. Somebody say, move mountain. Just begin to declare it right now. Move mountain. No, I need you to declare it. Don't even type this one. Declare it this time. Move mountain. Move. And you begin to declare it with authority. Move. Move out of my way. Move out of my life. Move. Who? 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 <laughs> Anyone with a small mustard seed of faith can do this. How can something so small move something so big? It's habit number three. Eat the frog. It's those high leverage habits that have a domino effect over time. If you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. So let me drop down to verse 10. This is where we fly the kite of faith. Do not despise the day of small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Plumb line. Kite string, same difference. A plumb line was an ancient measuring um, tool, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, it was like a measuring tape. So stop and think about this. God is rejoicing before they even begin 
building. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't know if you're catching this. I don't know if you're catching this. This is the hard thing about preaching to the camera and not having you in front of me because I don't know if you're catching this. I'm praying you're catching this. God is rejoicing before they even begin building. They don't even have permits yet. Come on, somebody. They haven't even broken ground yet. All they have is the blueprints and God is giving them a standing ovation. Hallelujah. Can you receive that in your life? That as God declares it, it is already done. It ain't nothing happened in the natural. You don't see no changes yet, but you already healed. Hallelujah. You know, you don't see no, no letters that come in from the bank that you've been waiting on, the school that you've been waiting on, the job that you've been waiting on, but you receive it by faith. It is already done. Come on, if you receive it already. Come on, somebody say, it's already done. Come on, we're going to give God the praise right now. Come on, stop wherever you're at and just give God praise. Hallelujah. Right now for it already being done. Come on, just praise him right where you're at. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's already done. Come on, just begin to give God a praise offering. Hallelujah. I know it may feel silly right where you're standing in your office. It may feel strange where you're standing in the factory where you're listening to this. It may feel strange in the car as you're listening to this on Spotify. It may feel strange in your house when you're sitting there and your kids are sleeping. You're not really trying to wake them up yet. But I need you to just give God a praise like you believe he already did it. Come on, praise him like you believe he already did it. Give him the praise you would give him if you already had the acceptance. Come on, give him the praise you would give them if it was already done because you believe by faith hallelujah hallelujah that it is already done hmm. hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus yes god Woo. hallelujah hallelujah God can move mountains. God can move mountains. He's also great because nothing is too small. Not just because he can do the big things, but because he can do the small things. He celebrates the small steps of faith. So go ahead and begin to move by faith this morning. We want to do amazing things for God, but that isn't our job. God is the one who does amazing things for us. Our job is to consecrate ourselves to him one day at a time. And if we do our job, if we do our part, God will do his. Hmm. Don't that take a weight off of you? Because see, I don't know about you, but see, I didn't know that as a, a, a young Christian. Nobody's, I, I, maybe I missed it when they were teaching on that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, I, I wasn't aware. I had this huge burden and I was trying to do everything for God and I was trying to do it through my own power and my own strength and I was getting frustrated. But once I came to the reality, it's not on me. It's not up to me. I can't carry this whole gigantic weight on my shoulders. If I just do my part, that's, that's all I'm responsible for. God will do his. 
So somebody release yourself right now from all that burden and all that weight that you're carrying, thinking that it's all on you to revamp that entire company, thinking that it's all on you to change the whole world of social justice, thinking that it's all on you to make the whole system change in your school. If you just do your job, God will do his. If we fly the kite, God will build the bridge. Do you receive that this morning? Hmm. We are easily overwhelmed by the size and scope of our goals and our dreams. That's why 75% of New Year's resolutions fail within the first month. Within the first month. But we've got to reverse engineer our goals, okay? So I just want to leave you with some practical things before we wrap up. Because that's the one thing I have loved so much about this sermon series is everything has been so practical. Things that we can apply right now and start to see a difference in our life. Try to make things as simple as one, two, and three. And take this down. We're getting ready to close. Take these three things down. Give yourself a start date, number one. Somebody write that. Somebody type that. Number one, give yourself a start date. Number two, number two, go ahead and dream big, but start small. Number two, go ahead and dream big, but start small. Number three, number three, if you want every day to count, count the days. If you want every day to count, count the days. Remember, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Hmm. But you can't just pray like it depends on God. You also still have to put in the work like it depends on you. Isn't that something? It's a delicate balance. You can't just pray, lay back, fold your hands and say, oh, I prayed about it. You also have to put in the work like it does depend on you. Knowing that when you do your part, God will do his. Start flying your kite. I don't care what it is. I want somebody to put concrete plan in your comments, in your notes. Give yourself a deadline. Go ahead, give yourself a deadline. A dream without a deadline is dead on arrival. Some of you have been dreaming and you're like, well, Pastor Alicia, I've been dreaming about this. Okay, give yourself a deadline. Put a date on it. Make it concrete. And here's what I need you to get. You cannot finish what you do not start. Did you catch that? You cannot finish what you do not start. So ask yourself this question. Do you feel... Like it's something 
that God is calling you to do. Whatever it is that you dropped in the comments. And if you haven't done it yet, come on. The accountability is an important part of it all. Do you feel like it is something that God is calling you to do? Because if it's not, it's going to be really hard. But if it is, delayed obedience is still disobedience. You've got to give yourself a deadline and back it up with one step. You've got to give yourself a start date. So let me get rid of a few of your excuses. The one that says, I'm not qualified. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough experience. Who does? God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. He wants to use you. Yes, you. He wants to use you. No doubt. He wants his power to be made perfect in your weakness. Number two that I think we think of sometimes is I'm not ready. We're not ready, not ready to get married, not ready to have kids, not ready to uh, pastor a church, not ready to uh, be used for God's glory. But if you wait until you're ready, you'll be waiting the rest of your life. If God gives you the green light, it's go. Somebody say, go. Number three is I'm waiting for the right situation. People are always blaming our circumstances. We've got to get on to a place where we get up and look for the circumstances we want. And if we can't find them, we create them. This is what we must do. We can't complain about the situation that we find ourselves in. We have to make the most of it. I wish I had more time. I want to share with you um, an example, a testimony that God has um, allowed to manifest in, in my life just not too long ago. And maybe I'll have time next week to share it with you. But I will tell you this. You will never find a perfect situation. The writer of Ecclesiastes said, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. What do we do? We fly the kite. Or in the words of Solomon, we cast your bread into the waters, upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. So go ahead and dream big. Number two, but start small. And I might add, think long. You've got to reverse engineer those life goals and turn them into daily habits. If there was a fourth one, I might add, go public. It will help you stay accountable. Drop it in the comments. Share it with someone else. Announce your intention to others. It all comes back to this. You need an un 
compromising commitment to continual improvement. Somebody say that. You need an uncompromising commitment to continual improvement. So I just want to empower you to share your decision with someone today. It's little by little and it will pay compound interest. All of that is to say, go ahead and dream big, but you have to start small. You have to find a way to fly the kite a little higher every day. And if you do that, some impossibly high mountains will become level planes. The ceiling becomes the floor and you can go after even bigger dreams. You have to start, you have to start and you have to think long. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to move past the discouragement? Are you ready to move past the naysayers and go after God-sized goals that have been placed in your heart? I'm ready to pray with you. Come on, somebody pray with me. Father, we thank you for every person who was a part of this sermon and this message on this morning. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for each person who is watching us live right now. We thank you for each person who is even listening to the replay. God, we thank you for each and every person who has come across even a snippet of what you delivered on this morning. And we ask that it would begin to penetrate their hearts, that there would be something on the inside of them that begins to seek you and that will grow and that will not stop until they're in complete fellowship and relationship with you. God, what we're after this morning, what we're after this season is not to check a box of attendance, but to, to grow in you and grow in knowledge of you, to grow in relationship with you. God, I thank you right now for how that relationship is taking root and growing in our lives. I thank you for how you are unveiling yourself to us and how you're making mysteries plain so that we can walk with you and enjoy all that you desire to do in our lives. Thank you, Father God, for teaching us how to go after these goals that you placed in our hearts. Thank you, Father, for giving us divine ideas, witty inventions, plain instructions that will allow us to do mighty things for your glory. Father, we remove every bit of doubt, disbelief, worry, discouragement, depression by your power, and we speak life that all things are possible through you and that we will rise up boldly and grab hold to your word this morning and apply it in our lives so that you might be glorified through us so that men might see that we were able to turn that situation around and that we would give you the glory in so doing. God, we give you glory right now. We praise you in advance right now. We don't wait for it to be done. Then we might praise you. We praise you even right now for what we know you are yet to do. We praise you even right now for who you are if you do no things further. I thank you right now, Father God. We magnify you right now for being the Lord of our lives and for breathing into us even right as we stand before you on this morning. And we thank you, God, and we trust you and we commit our lives to you. We give you praise and honor and glory in advance. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Come on, y'all. Somebody say amen. 
I love you. Hope to see you on the prayer call or hear you on the prayer call on Saturday. And then don't forget, second Saturday of the month, we also have small group. If you need more information, don't hesitate to look on the website and we look forward to being in fellowship with you there.